welcome back to the Mountains and the Sea. I'm Christy. And this is Josh. And we're so glad you're back here with us today. We are starting a brand new series. Hooray! Hooray! We're going to be talking about Lotus Flower. Yes, a three-disc album. Yes. From 2009. There's going to be three discs. There's Lotus Flower, which is what we're covering today. Right. Uh, MPLS Sound. Right. And Elixir by Bria Valente. Right. That was the three-disc set. And then we'll also have at least one additional episode about ancillary material. There's some non-album tracks. There are many live appearances on uh, television that we can cover. There was the Montreux 2009 appearance, which is one of the most legendary Prince concerts ever. Uh, For good reason. For good reason. Uh, There's also uh, an after-show series that he did at the Nokia Theater that uh, we've got soundboard recordings of to take a look at. Super cool. Lots and lots of stuff. Yes. So, but today we're just going to cover the Lotus Flower album. That will be plenty. It will be plenty. If you're looking at the three-disc set, it's the center disc. Oh, of the actual physical of the actual, CD package, of yes. the CD packaging right there. In the, it's the middle disc. Yes. Your main event. Right. Yeah. It always was a little confusing to me that the three-disc set is kind of called Lotus Flower, and then there's a disc in it called Lotus Flower, and then these other two discs. It always seemed a little strange to me. Yeah, well, it was I a choice. I accept it, but it was strange. I agreed. Agreed. All right. So let's talk a little bit about when it was recorded and stuff. And stuff. And stuff. Well, uh, we know that many of the songs on this album in particular, this disc, the center disc, date back to the recording sessions for 3121. Yes. In late 2004, 2005, with the appearance of Michael Bland on the drums and Sonny T on the bass, who were part of the original incarnation of the New Power Generation in the early 90s. Mm -hmm. Uh, They got back together for what Michael Bland called a multiple-hour recording session when they recorded 10, 11, 12 songs. He's lost track. Yeah. And there are a handful of them, and you can pick them out by ear on, on this album. Yeah, that they sound very much mm-hmm. like 3121. They do, they do. Yes. And I think some were even intended for 3121 or considered for it at one point or another, but we'll, we'll get to that when we get to the song. Sure. Uh, Tamar Davis appears on background mm-hmm. vocals in some of these songs. Ashley Tamar Davis now. When she recorded the album, she was not. Yes, but we're going to refer to her yes. as she would That's like fair to be enough. referred to. So, fair enough, yes. yes. But her appearance on the album also dates some of the songs yes. to 2006. When she appeared on 3121, right, uh, was supposed to have her own album with Prince as well. Yeah, it was at we've... one point called Beautiful, Loved, and Blessed, and another point called Milk and Honey. Yeah. And was uh, canceled or never appeared, and we talked about that in a previous podcast when we talked about 3121, so mm-hmm. you can go back in time <laughs> and check that out, too. <laughs> yep. And... Tamar, Ashley Tamar Davis has been saying on Twitter that there's something coming from her in 2019, and she alludes to many songs that she's recorded with Prince, even replied to me. She was replying to someone else saying, I like the song, Holla and Shout. Yeah. Uh, Will this ever see an appearance? And she said, you know, possibly soon, hint, Uh hint. And I replied and said, but are you still a redheaded stepchild? 
Redheaded Stepchild being a song from her unreleased album, and she replied and said, always, and especially in 2019. Yes. So there may be something coming from her. That, yeah. Um, we'll That's pretty cover. exciting. Pretty cool. Yeah. Pretty mm-hmm. exciting. Uh, this album did pretty well. It was sold exclusively at Target as the three-disc set. That was the only place to get a physical copy, yes. yes. It was also sold on his website, Lotus Flower, with mm-hmm. a three for right. the E in flower. Uh, but yeah, and the low price of the three disc set is a lot of uh, yeah you know, uh, reviews kind of attributed the great success. sales, the good sales, and the success of it for it being very low priced. Yeah, I'm sure it was, like, it was a it was like eleven ninety five for yes, all three under discs, twelve dollars for a triple album, which is cool. And amazing. that's I think a symptom of symptom or a result of Prince dealing directly with Target, yes, which was headquartered in Minneapolis. So it was yes. kind of a hometown thing. He worked directly with them, I'm sure got upfront money, and made the discs very affordable. Yes. Mm -hmm. It did really well on the charts, and a lot of people, again, attribute that to the low price of the album. It reached number two on the Billboard 200 and stayed on the chart for 13 weeks. It was number one on the Billboard R&B Hip Hop chart and was there for 23 weeks. It was number one on the Independent album. Chart? Independent Albums Chart, uh-huh. which I was I like, know, that's interesting. That. That's yeah, cool. for, and it stayed there for 20 weeks. So it did, it had quite a lot of commercial success, especially since it had no singles. Yeah, no singles. It did have a video to promote the album. Right. Uh, on, not a video, a commercial on television to promote the album. So there was a decent amount of promotion. And as we said up front, a lot of live appearances yeah. on uh, The Tonight Show with Jay Leno he did a three-night appearance there. He did interviews, and um, so I think this is a album that definitely um, he got you know, a lot of support. Got a lot of support from him and yeah. some attention. Yeah, yeah. Do we want to talk about the packaging? Sure. Um, I would call it. it, you know, fairly minimal. There's not a booklet in the package. Right. It's basically a cardboard sleeve that folds out like a letter mm-hmm. and just has little pockets for each yeah. disc. I think it's pretty. Really... I thought the artwork was pretty cool. Yeah, it's really like I super think... saturated colors yeah. and but all kind of cohesive. Yeah. Um, yeah. With this, the lotus flower cover being kind of you see Prince's nose and chin and some kind of space suit helmet looking thing. <laughs> I always which thought is it, pretty cool. Okay, so I can't decide whether it looks like he's falling into the center of a lotus flower mm-hmm. inside of a drop of water yes. or if he is in a drop of water that is emitting a beam of light out of the lotus flower. I can't decide. Maybe meant to be both because sure. the opening track is from the lotus and the closing track is back to the, the lotus. lotus. So oh. he's coming in and out. If you ask me. Yeah. So very cool, very computer-generated graphics. I think they still, they're very well done. I think eventually they'll date the album to the late 2000s, you know, when we look back on this. Yeah. Well, Mm -hmm. I think maybe it already does a little bit, but it's nice. Yeah, it's very, very cool. Uh, Unique, I would say, in the Prince cover repertoire. This Mm -hmm. is a unique entry into it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's quite nice. (laughs) I laughed a little bit that it says... For the entire galactic experience, visit yeah. lotusflower.com. Well, the, whole, the whole website, is, when we'll cover that too on yeah. another podcast, but it was very spacey, intergalactic looking, mm-hmm. and, you know, space goo and <laughs> jellyfish. Yeah, it was a space interesting, jellyfish. interesting mix of 
concepts, which I thought were very, very cool um, oh, at yeah. the time. I think a lot of criticism for the uh, the site itself is that it was built in Flash. So this is at the dawn of mobile devices that you couldn't see the site on mobile devices. That right. was kind of ignored. Right. Uh, but we can get into that yeah. at, a, at another date. And there is a typo. There is. I didn't know there was a typo. There is a typo. Lotus Flower uh-huh. has the... It's got in the center on the back. Okay. It's got each album and then a listing of the songs okay and for feel better feel good feel wonderful on the back of the album it's listed as feel good feel better feel wonderful they switched good and better i thought that was the name of the song no it's feel better feel good feel wonderful well cool i never noticed that (laughs) it is incorrect on the back of this well all right. Yeah. I guess that the designer had the same thinking that I did. Uh-huh. I, that's how I wrote it down in my notes. Oh, my really? Mm-hmm. Oh, well, all this time. Good catch. Did yeah. you find that yourself? Um, no, I saw it somewhere. Oh, okay. Yeah, I saw it mentioned, and uh-huh. then I was like, Ooh, gotta look wait, at that. yeah, I'm like, wait, let me listen to that again. Oh. Let me make sure it's the, that I've got it in the right order in the brain. Yeah, yeah. Well, I would you say... Know, trust but verify. Yeah, trust but verify. <laughs> typos aren't a new thing on Prince albums. A lot of the time these are rushed and there are changes made at the very last minute. Um, So who knows where that came from. Yeah, but interesting find. I had not seen that before. He had the uh, the song recorded and it's definitely feel better, feel good, feel wonderful. Right. Yeah. I'm just Hmm. trying to support the designer here. Yeah, you know what? I'm I'm not blaming the designer. I'm I'm certain that it was you You know you can blame the client who signed (laughs) off on final artwork and his name was Prince. (laughs) Spoken like a true graphic designer. Yep. All right, shall we dive into the music? Please, let's do it. All right, we start off with an instrumental from the Lotus. Dot, dot, dot. Ooh, an ellipse. One of my favorite things. An ellipse that doesn't lead anywhere. Um, It leads to the last song on the album. I'm not a fan of ellipses. That's just me. Um, Anyway, definitely a return to a focus on the electric guitar for Prince on this Mm -hmm. album. This is a... Very band-sounding album. Even the songs that are primarily recorded by Prince Solo, have a very live feel to them, very live drum kit sound and cool bass. I think the mix of this album is really full and really nice, very well done. Um, So yeah, like you said, it starts off with kind of a segue. This album is unique in that it starts and ends with a segue rather than having segues in between songs Uh throughout the whole thing, which I'm like, if you're going to do weird segues, then an intro and an end bookend it. That's kind of an interesting way to do it. And maybe that's kind of why it's in the center Mm. of the... The three discs in the packaging is yeah. that it's, you know, brings you in from Bria Valente into Lotus Flower and then you leave with MPL. Yeah, it's interesting. Maybe it's just because I think of it as Lotus Flower because it's the name of the three disc right. set. I think of it as disc one. Disc well, two I think of as MPL Sound and disc right. three I think of as the well, Bria yeah. album. And but that's how we're going to cover them on this podcast. That's how we're covering them, but if you look at the album, it's got them in... A different, a different order. order. Well, and I, you know, who Maybe knows? Maybe he saw it as the centerpiece of this three-disc set is right. Lotus Flower, and that's well, why it's in the middle. And that's kind of how I see it, is uh-huh. it's the centerpiece rather than the first disc. It's the main event. Right. Yeah. Right. I think the From the Lotus really does set the tone. You get an idea with yeah. this 
intro instrumental of what you're going to hear throughout this whole album. It's a two minute and 46 second instrumental that has little bits and pieces, I think, of a lot of the songs that you'll hear throughout this. It sounds a little like an extraction from Love Like Jazz to me in parts. Um, but you can, it's very cohesive, I guess I'll say for, for the fact that it was recorded over, you know, you could say a five year period. Right. Um, I think it's very cohesive and I kind of dug, I really kind of like the intro. I don't skip it when I play the album. I listen to it all the way through. I mean, it's two minutes. There's not a lot there to not like. Right. Yeah. And it's instrumental and I, you know, don't have enough of a musical background to really be able to. Yeah, Speak to oh, that. you're not going to have a 10 minute existential discussion with <laughs> no. me about the. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> the virtues of this instrumental track? <laughs> no. Um, but I think this is one of the songs, or at least part of a song, or part of an instrumental cut that they made with uh, Prince and Michael Bland and Sonny T are, are definitely cool. on this track. It gives you that, that sound. Yeah. And that rolls right into the first real song, non-segue, uh-huh. which is Boom. 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 <laughs> boom, boom goes the dynamite. That's what I think of now. Um, so this song is thought to be recorded later than those sessions with Michael B. and Sunny T. Thought to be recorded in 2008 at Sunset Sound in California, where Prince had done a lot, especially of his early recordings, done at Sunset Sound, and it was a place he was comfortable with, and mm-hmm. spent a lot of time in California in the late 2000s. So yeah. Probably had occasion to stop by. Features C.C. Dunham on drums and her brother Joshua on bass guitar and uh, Mr. Hayes on keyboard, who's cool. one of the longest members of his band. Yes. So, when, like you said, on the back of the CD packaging, it says, for the entire galactic experience. Is that what it says? For yes. the entire galactic experience. I think this song sets you up on a kind of a galactic journey in it a way. It is. I'm not... Man, this is a little stream of comfort consciousness yes very poetry it is very very intellectual lyrics i think we were talking about this early we don't talk about our opinions on the album but right. we kind of talk about facts about the album <laughs> we and talk around we talk around our opinions uh-huh. before we get to the podcast but i was saying that i thought this was a very heady album yeah and this song kind of kicks off mm, heady. heady interesting choice of words it is because there's a lot of innuendo <laughs> oh, in the I song boom i a lot i think it's all innuendo it most certainly is but <laughs> in addition to it having innuendo i think it's very intellectual a lot of pondering of the galaxy and a lot of poetic sexual references throughout yes, the song, right? Yes, for sure. Where do you start with this? You know, he asks, if, what if there was another universe with a sun and a moon, an entire galaxy, but him and his lover too soon find themselves expanding beyond a dirty room? Yeah, well, and I was like, I thought about it. I had that line written down too. You uh-huh. and I too soon. You and I too soon. Yes. And I'm wondering if maybe it's like the idea, what if in another universe he met someone, this person, later? Mm. And that it, things maybe would have worked out better if he'd met this person more mature. Uh-huh. And I think maybe he's thinking of like an alternate universe or a different reality where things worked out because they didn't meet each other too soon. They both had a chance to be more fully who they were Mm -hmm. which of course you can always say well if i met that person now well you wouldn't be be, yeah but you would if you met that person now you wouldn't be the person you are now because they've changed you in some way all true interesting take i don't know that was just 
My thought on it was uh-huh. that it was about engaging in sexual relationships oh. too soon. Oh. That that's what he meant. That in another place, what if they had connected in that way? Uh-huh. It would have been too oh. soon by his perspective now because a lot about a lot of the song is sexual references, but right. it's a lot about celibacy mm-hmm. and not having sex with right. someone. Yeah, as, it has, it has as similar themes to, as tambourine yeah a little bit not quite as um (laughs) self-pleasuring as tambourine perhaps yeah there's you know there's there's three verses to the song essentially and each verse ends with kind of a rhyme that leaves you thinking yeah "Mm, this is like the peak of the sexual reference here (laughs) like verse one (laughs) no no there's more Uh, Yeah, but I'm just saying, (laughs) you know, as it gets into the chorus, which is just boom and this cool guitar work by Prince. Verse 1 ends with Butterscotch Mountains Sunshine. Mm -hmm. Butterscotch Mountains Sunshine. Pubic hair? Yeah, or breasts. Breasts. Verse 2 ends with Volcano Magic Summertime. Sometime. We have mm-hmm. an explosion. Yeah. And the last verse ends with celibate mushroom canopy. I mean, there's no question as to what that is. Yes. Celibate mushroom canopy. Very, very well written. I think it's Prince finding a way, like he said at this time, to push the envelope without being explicit. Fair. And I thought that... You know, if that's your goal, then this song is pretty successful. Right. For sure. I liked the uh, down to mm-hmm. 33 RPMs, RPMs. Where the primordial gives birth. Uh-huh. And This that, is where I get the okay. galaxy gooey, you know, I think of primordial. <laughs> primordial, I think, think of, of like, ooze. we're all like the blob. <laughs> ooze. Well, yeah. isn't that what, like... The term usually is primordial ooze. It's just, yeah. I thought that one was interesting because I almost kind of felt like it worked on more than one level. Yes, it works on the sexual level, but it also works on like that vinyl or records gave birth to modern music. Mm -hmm. And that that was an interesting way to kind of reference that was to talk about it in a record specific way. There's a guitar solo. My favorite part of the song is after the third verse, Celibate Mushroom Canopy. There's a guitar solo that launches, and then there's a little rhythm guitar part behind it in one part that just goes... And I look forward to that part every time I listen to the song. And revisiting it over the last couple weeks, um, I kept replaying it over and over. It's just like, just a little detail on the song that sticks in my head and I always well, look look forward to it. It's and it's cool. not what makes it so enjoyable. It is. I I thought this song was great. Yeah. Um, I thought it was a very cool one of a if you consider it sort of an album opener, I think it's one of the strongest. No. And Prince's canon and his discography. Really? I would at okay. least put it in what does he have? Forty albums, something like that? Uh-huh. I'd say top fifteen for oh. me as far as album openers go if you consider this the album opener. Oh, good. For me. I would say you can absolutely consider it an album opener. Because, Thank you for that. Yeah, well, you have my permission. <laughs> you have my permission to think about it that way. Lucky you. I haven't been doing it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and then we roll into a fun little cover mm-hmm. of Crimson and Clover, 
Uh, originally, Tommy James and the Shondells, 1969, was the original band that did that. They were early adopters of the vocoder. Yes, and the tremolo effect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which yeah. is super interesting. Yeah, very true. The they use that tremolo effect on the guitar, where the guitar's tone, the guitar tone vibration is set to match the song's rhythm. Yeah, and Prince sort of does it with his voice in the song. Yeah, that's fun. Which is a neat effect. Yeah, um, this song on the digital download was the morning after. Yes, and track we're gonna, three. Yeah, yes, we're gonna cover after. that later. Mm-hmm. That's gonna be in a later podcast, yeah, probably, probably the. Fourth one. This one. Yes. Yeah. What so, makes but, it kind of unique too is that boom, the transition between boom and crimson and clover. Crimson and clover kind of starts on the final downbeat of boom. Yeah. Whereas on the digital download, boom had sort of a different ending because oh. the morning papers has a different sort of beginning to it. Oh, okay. So I do need to dig up. I've got saved somewhere the files from the original digital download oh, okay. some 10 years ago so yeah. I can revisit what the end of Boom sounded like there. But it huh. is a little bit different. And there was never any explanation as to why the morning paper, or the morning after, not the morning <laughs> papers, different album, the morning after was on the digital download and why Crimson and Clover was on the physical release. Mm-hmm. So Could have had to both? do with... What's that? See, you buy them both. Well, we did buy them both. (laughs) Yes. We paid $77.77 to be members of lotusflower.com and get a t-shirt and download the album a week early. And then it came out in Target. What's another $12? You might as well fully invest in this thing, right? Yeah, exactly. Yep. You still wear that t-shirt. I do still wear the t-shirt. A lot of people are still waiting on their t-shirt. Really? I don't think it's coming. Uh, I don't think it's coming. I I think that that's a fair assumption. Move on. Yeah. It also includes an interpolation of Wild Thing yes. by the Wild Ones in 1965 originally. I didn't realize that that's who recorded it originally. It was made popular by a band called The Trogs <laughs> in 1966, and it was also recorded by Jimi Hendrix and many, many others. Right. I mean, you can't come up with a more like 1960s name than The Trogs. The Trogs, yes. <laughs> I thought that was great. Well, I thought it was a really nice matchup of these two 60s songs. Yeah. They really went super well together. Fit on the album really well, yeah. too. The sound of it, the tremolo effect, and the vocoder, or however you want to call the vocal effects on it. Fit yeah. in with what's happening throughout this album, too. I've read a lot about the song Crimson and Clover, went back and listened to the original song um, and read an interview with Tommy James where he said that they asked him, like, what's the meaning of the song Crimson and Clover? You know, it's flower and red, is it blood or, you know, what is it? Uh Um, He said that he just woke up one morning and those two words were in his head, Crimson and Clover. It was his favorite color and his favorite flower. And But there was no song behind it. So they sat down and wrote a song to fit the title, which they later scrapped and started completely over and ended up with the song that you sort of hear covered here. But he said that he doesn't even know if there was any meaning to it or not. It oh. was sort of just a yeah. stream of consciousness thing, which again fits into this album, which seems like a little bit of a dive into you know Prince's mentality and things he may or may not believe in or things he <laughs> thinks about, things he talks about with or he did talk about with people in the band and people around him. So I thought it fit really well. Yeah. Yeah, I read a lot of theories too about what it meant and... Anything stick out? No, no. I mean, everybody's got an opinion. That's yeah. what stuck out. <laughs> yeah, just because there's no clear answer. I think that that's what makes 
that can be what makes a beautiful song is that it means what you infer after you read. I mean, for a songwriter to write something that can have different meaning to different people means they've struck on a subject or a style of writing that's meaningful just yes. by default, right. which is pretty neat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I always think that's great. So yeah, I dig the song a lot. Um, I don't think we need to dive too deep into more into lyrics or meaning because again, it was a cover. What was unique about this is the surprise of Wild Thing being uh-huh. included in an uncredited yeah. too, which yeah, I thought was mashed up in there. Yep. Yeah. I guess he, um, you know, record first and ask for forgiveness later. <laughs> That's Princess M.O., I think. It was in this case. Yep. Mm -hmm. All right. And then we move on to forever, the number four, the word ever. Right. Not to be confused with the first greatest hits collection that was produced after Prince's passing. There was an album called Forever that included the unreleased track Moonbeam Levels and a bunch of, of his hits throughout the years, like the third collection, fourth collection of, you know, basically his hits. But Mm -hmm. They threw in this other unreleased song from the 1999 era, so this is not to be confused with that. This is one of those songs that has Ashley Tamar Davis on background vocals and sort of dates it to 2006 for that reason, with uh, Cece Dunham and Joshua Dunham and Shelby J, Marva King, and even Bria Valente appearing on background vocals too. Yeah. This was an interesting one. This is a sort of a polarizing ballad among Prince fans. A lot of people are put off by it a little mm. bit, especially the stop looking at me like that, lest you want me to bite that line, uh, which I always found kind of amusing. I think, I think yeah, it was kind of I think fun. it's kind of amusing. Stop looking at me like that, lest you want me to bite that. I listened to the song a number of times, and I thought that it was really about not needing the present to spend eternity with someone, that, you know, Prince says he has other plans right now, maybe with another person or with his career, or he's got other places to be, things to do, or right. girls to do. Um, <laughs> oh, but, see, and I didn't get that. Well, he's, he's, he's separated from this person or has something else going on, but right. his salvation is what gives him forever to spend with his love interest if she shares his beliefs. Yeah. Hmm. There's the Josh summary. Yeah, I think that's fair. I thought we saw uh, Prince's desire for a long-term monogamous commitment mm-hmm. here, too, that if I never get to see your smile underneath the white veil walking up the aisle, I just might go crazy. Yeah. So um, it's not a, we can't, you don't even need to hold my hand, but if I don't get to marry you, I'm going to go off the deep end. Right. Yeah. Uh, I think this is definitely, you know, a lot of people talk about Prince's lyrics as, you know, having this deep, sensual, mental connection yeah. with women. I don't know that, you know, if, if you're a woman, Sometimes. does this appeal to you? That, you know, a man doesn't doesn't even have to hold your hand. He just wants to see you walking down the aisle. No. No. It's not appealing to me, personally. Well, what I appeals to good, me that's more. That's me, since <laughs> Prince wasn't after you. Thank goodness. <laughs> Uh, what appealed to me was his desire to take her all the places to go yeah, from Cyprus. like well even mundane the fair yep a Jill to, Scott concert yeah Jill Scott you know I mean that's not mundane but it's mm. a fairly common sort of thing to want to take somebody to a concert that you guys can enjoy it's accessible and then the opera 
maybe yeah. less accessible. Mm-hmm. And then Cyprus, yes. you know, fabulous beach vacation <laughs> on right. the other side the of the world. Lifestyles of the rich and famous yeah. and their love interests. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that appealed to me more, like the desire to like do okay. all the different kinds of things with her. Yeah, from the mundane to mm-hmm. the special, that they would all be made better. Right. Yeah. I kind of like but. the eternity is just one kiss away. Yeah, what you fine. say, you know, do you agree where he's asking about it? I thought this was, was um, a harmless ballad. Maybe a, one of the songs that drifts away a little bit from the guitar-driven live band feel of the album just a little, but a good... Yeah have a ballad up front an album that's whatever three minutes and 47 seconds long right it didn't turn me off it was fine it was fine it was fine christy speak for this doesn't appeal to me (laughs) well that's fair (laughs) it was it's not my favorite on the album Mm -hmm. let's just put it that way even the line a million tomorrows is better than one day like it's better to look forward to spending eternity with you later than to have a day with you now that bothers you too no it doesn't bother me but i understand why you like it because you like christmas eve better than christmas day that's right i like to look forward (laughs) to things once they're here then you see you have trouble enjoying things once they're here yes but because you look you enjoy looking forward to them so much. I do. That's yeah. optimism. Sure. In, until the moment arrives, and that's yeah. extreme pessimism. <laughs> <laughs> I see why that line in particular speaks to you. Fair enough. So, yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, let's see. It's mid-October. Are we going to put up our Christmas tree this weekend? Uh, <laughs> not just yet. I'm kind of looking forward to that. I know you are. <laughs> So from there, we roll into Colonized Mind. Yeah, another... Back back to a live band kind of feel. Yep, and another track with Ashley Tamar Davis in the background. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. So what I had read about this, doing a little research, was that this is one of the songs that was believed to have been recorded in that session with Michael Bland and Sonny T, but then Tamar came in and added background vocals sometime in 2006 or before. So it was a track that was recorded and then revisited a couple years later to kind of finish for this album or for 3121, whatever was being considered at the time. Yeah. Wow. This is, uh, I guess you could say an interesting lyrical approach. Um, I think I'm, I was looking most forward to in the way that I like to do (laughs) and kind of a little afraid of what you might think of the song in parts. (laughs) But Let's talk about the structure of the song anyway. It's kind of a what you get out is equal to what you put in kind of theory of songwriting. Upload, download. Upload this. Upload. And download this. Download. It's like garbage in, garbage out, or beauty in, beauty out. Right. how this is constructed Mm -hmm. to ease ourselves into this discussion. Yeah. No, I mean, I thought that was a really interesting format to use, to Uh have, to... Think about. Yep. I appreciated that he carried it all the way through. Yeah, there were, it never deviated from that. Right. Um, it went and it ranged from things from religious beliefs to social justice issues to politics to uh, record to, contracts. Yes, to his ongoing beef. Even though he was a free artist at this time, he makes mention to you know contracts and record companies. I thought that the chorus seemed to suggest that through all time, you know, mankind has suffered by oppression, by the implanting of ideas and thoughts into one's mind that keeps them subdued and obedient to the people in charge. 
If I had to dumb it down, this is Prince's version of a bug's life. <laughs> okay. I, I can appreciate He's that. He's calling out Hopper. <laughs> yes, because Hopper fed them a line of baloney. Right, that, and once they became um, self-aware, the ants that is, they yes. realized how much power they had and the, because their there were so many, there were so many of them, and right. being under the thumb of a leader who did not care for them, who was only trying to get everything out of them that they could. Yeah, just using uh, them. They overthrew it when yeah. they, um, you know, came together to work as one. Yes. Another Pixar reference. Yeah, for you. there we go. Excellent. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's very fair. Very interesting thought. I hadn't thought of it that way. Well, let's hear what you did think of All this right. song. I'm sure you have thoughts. I, I do have some thoughts. I appreciated that Prince seems to be speaking to us here in 2018 from 2009 mm. or 2006. Most definitely. Um, you know, the we have a two-party system. You mm-hmm. never had a voice. It was an illusion of choice. And yes. Two dangers. Illusion of choice. I was like, well, that's very apropos for 2018. Yeah, it's <laughs> As certain. we're staring down the barrel of an election. And yes. Yeah. So I thought that was interesting. Mm-hmm. Then there was a line, without God, it's just the blind leading the blind. Yes. And I kind of thought, obviously there's a religious reference there, but I kind of thought perhaps... It wasn't as much a religious reference as it was a think-for-yourself idea. Okay. Like, rather than just take what somebody's giving you, what Hopper's telling you, what maybe even, like, church is telling you, rather than just saying to yourself, this is what they've told me, so this is the truth and what I have to believe, mm-hmm. maybe it's analyze it for yourself yes. and think about it. It's and about critical thinking. Yes. I think that's definitely true. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I thought it also, every verse also seemed to be a statement about the absurd binary, the absurd of binary choices, like black and white. Yeah. Um, well, and that's, yes, mm-hmm. agreed, because we live our life in the gray. As much as... So many of us would like to have, this is absolutely right in every circumstance. This is absolutely wrong in every circumstance. Mm -hmm. We have to live our lives in the gray because there's no absolute right and wrong in most cases. True. Yep. So um, the only set of lyrics that I had an issue with was upload a child with no father, download Uh no respect for authority, Upload a child with no mother. Download a hard time showing love. Like, that's pretty cliche, pretty hard line. That, they, yeah, uh, I see. House with no father figure uh-huh. automatically results in no respect for authority. That's where I go back to uh, the absurd notion of everything is black and white. And I thought that was part of the statement that... In general, if there's not a father figure, right. that could be a problem. Or this is more about what the virtue of a whole family is. That's not to say that it's the only right way to do it right. Right. But here are the pitfalls of raising a child alone. If you're a single mother and the father's not involved, then this is certainly something that could happen to your child if you're not very careful. Right. Um, but yes, I agree that it's not. If you look at it as a black and white thing, then it seems to be a statement against 
a single parent, uh, yeah. which a lot of single parents don't have a choice in the matter. So a, it's an unfair criticism and B it's untrue. Right. Um, it is a fair observation though, to say that if you don't have a father figure in your life, these are the things that you might miss out on. If you don't have a mother in your life, these are the things that you might miss out on. Yeah, that's fair. That's where I, I thought that your issue might be with the evolution principle, see a rock on the shore and say it's always been there. You download no responsibility, do what you want, nobody cares. I was trying to figure out, wrap my head around what that means, that if you believe in evolution and not that God created the earth, you see a rock on the shore and say it's always been there. Oh, well, that's just a difference of right of I, theology. I, I feel like feel you can. Like, I almost feel like I need more, still more time to think about that. I think it's really well written. I'm not quite sure what this viewpoint is, though. Yeah, is it a criticism of not believing that? God created the earth, but then it's also a statement of someone looking and saying, well, things have always been this way. It's not my responsibility, as if to say, we as people need to take responsibility for what happens on earth because it is in our hands. Oh, well. Maybe I dug could a go, little too deeply. I Maybe. I think maybe you did. All I right. I, I'll accept that. Yeah, I didn't have a issue with that really so much okay it didn't it didn't speak to me as i'm sorry that you thought i would have a strong reaction to that i thought you might just not not because i'm afraid of your opinions <laughs> but because it touches on christian beliefs god right. created the earth you know whatever a thousand years ago and put two people on it and we all came out of those two people as a literal interpretation of the bible contrasted with oh i believe that god created the earth but that we've all evolved and that nature is part of God's creation. Right. Um, I don't mean, that's where I fall on the spectrum, but, right. you know, I don't begrudge anybody their belief that the earth is 10,000 years old. I don't think it's correct, but, mm-hmm. you know, if that's what you need to yeah, like, support your beliefs, sure. whatever, like man. Like we've told our children, one way or the other, does it really matter if you're, <laughs> if, if the point is to have Christian values and serve God? Does the creation story really make that much of a difference, you know, or do you look at it as a story of inspiration and then go live out what you're supposed to be living out? Amen. So backing out of that, um, I wondered if you saw that this song was inspired really closely by an artist named Miriam Makeba's song, Quit It. I will send you a link of this and we can listen to a piece of it. But there are a number of Prince fans that came across this track and said, wow, this is actually really has a lot of the hallmarks of the same song. Really? Not lyrically, but musically. So we'll let you guys listen to it and then you can decide um, if this was inspiration or maybe a little more. Oh, interesting. Okay. Well, no, I had not heard that, but I do look forward to to hearing it cool and if you guys want to hear it i will post the link to that on our social media you can find us on twitter at tmats t-m-a-t-s podcast you can find us on facebook the mountains and the sea a prince podcast or you can send us an email tmats podcast at gmail.com and i'll shoot you that link back do it. Christy yep. does a great job managing all that. So if you talk to us, you're really talking directly <laughs> to her. I do ask for your input if I feel like I can't answer something. 
You, yep. So you get the best of both worlds. You uh, get me, who's fairly responsive, yep. and you get all the super fan knowledge of Josh. <laughs> so it's it's good stuff. Feel Let's, better, feel good, feel wonderful. The typo track. <laughs> the typo track. Okay, now I was looking. It is listed on Genius.com for the lyrics as feel good, feel better. It is listed in Apple Music as feel good, feel better. It's listed okay. on the back of the album as feel good, feel better. Okay. But the lyrics are feel better, feel good. Yes. And when it was originally released, mm-hmm. it was put out a minute 25 yes. on the NPG Music Club about a week before it closed, closed for good. Yeah, this was the last hurrah for that site. Yes. And the text of that read, yeah. fresh from the studio, take mm-hmm. a listen to a new demo from Prince Feel better, feel good, feel wonderful, Uh which is my understanding of what the title of the song is. But everywhere else I look, and I'm wondering if, like, the typo didn't make the song... That way. That way. It could have been, you know, the starting point of where all the ripple of confusion came from. That could be. Yes, it was um, posted, like you said, on the NPG Music Club site and um, stated that all instruments and, and voice by Prince still being worked on and we'd like to hear some feedback from you what's missing what would you like what would you do to make it better uh-huh okay so i totally went looking uh-huh. to try and see if i could find this in the archives somewhere mm-hmm. and i was not able to locate it yeah and i actually looked too i thought that oh, did i had you? kind of oh. snagged it and i haven't been able to find it yet the, we're talking about the original snippet to just compare it to the end of the to right the well track. i wanted to hear the snippet i wanted to even if the snippet wasn't on the archive i thought well, maybe i could find the original text of the information mm-hmm. um i didn't find that i found it on genius.com as where it's listed. Yeah. Well, but we're getting into, you know, more than a decade ago of internet history. So right. some things are going to be lost like that. But yep. in any case, I thought this is overall just an uplifting song. A little, it's got some humor in it, some Prince humor, which I know you like funny Prince. I love funny Prince. Kind of a get up and dance and forget the rest kind of vibe uh-huh. of this whole song. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Which coming off of the first half of this album is a nice break. I don't think this is much of a mental beat down of an album as something like the rainbow children were you know were being preached to a little bit this has a little bit of that in it but also enough fun to um i don't know make it a little less of a burden to some people i guess you could say but this song really introduces the the fun of the album i thought yes for sure there's (laughs) there's a note okay so i remember listening to the song quite a lot Uh because it was fun to dance with our children who were tiny at the time Uh to this song it was you know it's totally clean it's super fun it's got a good beat i realize now something about the song that didn't resonate with me back then okay which was that there's a note played i think on the bass guitar that sounds like the phone vibrating on a table oh yes i did hear that Uh you can hear it in head when you're listening to it yes which i did a lot of yeah and oh i could even hear it like in the car like i'd be driving and be like oh did somebody text me no nobody texted me (laughs) 
This is just Nobody, Prince playing music. This is Prince playing music over and over at this particular beat. And I, that was not something that I would have made that type of connection yeah. well, with then, then yeah. because I phones were different. Yes, they were. Yeah. Uh, we have breaking news in the middle of the podcast here. I have found the minute 25 second snippet, so Excellent. we'll play a little bit of that for yeah. you of, of the original song. So, lots of athletic references in here. We know Prince loved basketball, obviously, great ping pong player, good pool player. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought, you know, one of the funniest parts of this where, you know, he says, I feel so good right now, I just can't recall. It hit three bystanders after you touched it. Now they want to sue me, but they love me too much. You know? Yes. Which is very funny because I'm like, okay, so he doesn't use that language anymore. Yeah, and he did, but and yet, and he's got a little record scratch. He still thinks in that language. He does. He still writes lyrics in that language, and he would up until his last album. Uh huh. Uh, But I just thought it was funny. I like it. Swearing out of the man, but you can't take the man out of the swearing. I don't know. Or the swearing out of the mind and the mind out of the swearing. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just, it's, yeah. Mm. Still family friendly. Yeah. Still family that. friendly. Fun and funky. And yes, we get a reference to the reference to Good Brother Steve. My good brother Steve. Right. You should you should follow Good Brother Steve on Very Twitter good because. On Twitter. Yep. <laughs> He's always got good pictures and fun stories and yep. interesting stuff. So if you're not following him, you should. And Definitely. Yeah. Um, he calls his music again the purple rock and roll, which I think is a lot of fun. He had a lot of different ways of referring to his own music, but I thought that was one of my favorites. Come on, let's go to the purple rock and roll. You know, and he says, keep your mind in a vertical motion, always looking up. I mean, there's how else does he write a song to say stay positive and... Keep trudging, which is what we're all doing today. Yeah, absolutely. And then I really enjoyed. Right. <laughs> like he's the god of guitar. Yes, he's Moses with a git fiddle. <laughs> with a git fiddle. <laughs> yep. All around, just a nice, fun song. Yep, I agree. Then we get to Love Like Jazz, which I mentioned earlier sounds a little like um, the intro segue from The Lotus. There are parts of it that kind of sound similar to me. Um, This is from those November 2004 sessions with Michael Bland and Sunny T. Right. I am interested to hear what you think about this. I thought it was pretty straightforward as far as the lyrics go comparing lovemaking to playing jazz i don't Mm -hmm. think this is the first time someone has compared the two that jazz is about improvisation don't tell me what you're going to do what i do is going to be a reaction to what you do and we're going to build upon it uh those connections i think have made have been made many times before in in songs and prince is taking it to you know a princely level here sure Mm -hmm. i thought it kind of sounded like a 70s sitcom theme at the start a little bit uh yeah that's fair it does have a little bit of cheese yeah in it i think that's definitely fair to say but towards the end when it gets into a more instrumental part and a little guitar part then i'm uh, kind of I enjoy the song for that reason. Yeah, it there does was kind go of a xylophone it. in it. I thought that was cool. 
Yeah, where he just says, you know, uh, I don't want to know ahead of time. The notes you play should be a reaction to mine. Yeah. Planned or contrived. Then both both of us will arrive at our destination. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, where we're both headed here. Yes, for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, baby, I don't care what you learned in lovemaking school. <laughs> baby, I don't care what you learned in lovemaking school. Yes. Like, where, where is lovemaking school? I'm pretty sure they offer that at, like, Phoenix University. <laughs> it's an online course. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. It's fine. I don't have a lot of opinions. I don't, I don't want to categorize it as a throwaway track, because it's not bad, but it's when on, paired on an album with so many songs that are more deeply intellectual and ta- just touch on many many issues this kind of seems all seems very lighthearted and uh, a little fluffy a little predictable a little predictable a little which, which is, is interesting because it's a song about being unpredictable, being unpredictable and impro- Im- improvising but it yeah. seems a little like prince on cruise control <laughs> i guess <laughs> yes you know that he could write songs and play songs like this in his sleep yeah um so that's not to say that it's bad, I guess. It's just to say that there are uh, there are higher points on the album yes. than the song. Agreed. All right, and then we have seventy seven Beverly Park. Right. Yeah, it was likely recorded at seventy seven Beverly Park Lane in Beverly Hills, California. Yeah. Hence the name. Yeah. He lived there from early two thousand eight to mid two thousand nine. Yes. So he did a number of stints where he lived yeah. in L.A. Took up for a while. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, Josh. Hey, Christy. Do you want some spaghetti for dinner? Because this song makes me want some spaghetti. It sounds like Bella Note from Lady (laughs) and the Tramp. I I heard you making that comparison or looking it up when I guess you first heard the song. Uh There are parts of it that certainly do. I think it starts off with this menacing kind of distorted guitar and then a little guitar solo. And I was... When I first heard the album, I thought, this is really awesome. This is going to be great. Uh-huh. And then at the 47-second mark... Things change. Bella Note. <laughs> things change. Italiano. Yes, Let's put some Parmesan on that. <laughs> and float in a gondola. It's got an Italian feel. It's got a little bit of a Spanish flavor, too, that could have fit on 3121. Like, I think of this being a B-side to Te Amo Corazon. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. But I don't think it fits on this particular album in any way, and maybe that's why it's on here because it's just just uh, out of left field. Yeah, the title of the song, interest interestingly, is mentioned in a portion of Old School Company that's on MPL Sound. Okay, he's kind of running through like a rap where he's done this before, where he mentions song titles. Yeah, so there's thinking that maybe the song at one time was considered for. MPL Sound at an early stage before it took on more of an R&B flavor and this album took on more of a live band rock mm-hmm. and occasionally Italian-Spanish feel. <laughs> to me, it's kind of like the you have your spaghetti from Italy and you have your red wine, wine from, from Spain. Spain and that's yeah. you put your hands together and you end up with 77 Beverly Park and then whatever was at the beginning. Yes. <laughs> So I listened to this song a couple more times uh, this morning, actually, trying to appreciate it more. And thinking of it as a solo, primarily acoustic performance by Prince. Yeah. 
playing in this style as, I mean, it is still at a virtuoso level of guitar playing. It's just in a way that I think doesn't fit on, on this particular album. album. So as an instrumental, That's I appreciate fair. it. Um, I think if there was one place where I was going to hit the skip button, then it might be the song on this yeah. album. Although I did not skip it because it's relatively short and it's almost like a segue yeah. as well. Not quite as segue-ish as the first and last tracks on the album. But you know, I guess if we're here to celebrate the diversity in Prince's work, then it's difficult to criticize this too much. Yes, very fair. And plus, you know, when you hear it, you think of cute dogs nudging meatballs at one another yeah, or sucking noodles and <laughs> and having a little kiss noses. at the end yeah 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 all right and then we go into the wall of berlin right this song was how many of the recordings were dated because okay. pictures of the vault came out right and there was a tape that said Wall of Berlin, November 19th, 2004. Right, right. So, so those were the basic tracks yeah. of, of the song. Yeah. Yeah, of in Prince's song. handwriting. Yes, yes. Which That's is, so cool. Yeah, it is cool. It's sad, but it's so cool. Yep. He had a lot of late interest in the fall of the Wall of Berlin. <laughs> okay, um, so I had did some thinking about that. Uh-huh. And it fell in... 1989. Yes. And... Right. It led to the unification of East and West Germany. Right. And I was in German class then. Oh. Ninth grade, taking Germany, German, and here all this stuff was happening in Germany. Yeah. It was very cool. Yeah, I thought that was pretty exciting. Mm-hmm. He references the Wall of Berlin in 3121, which makes yeah. sense because they were recorded about the same time. Right. The song ends with his distorted voice saying, it's going down, people like, like the, the Wall, Wall of Berlin. Berlin. Mm-hmm. So I have a theory. It fell in 1989, so he was old enough to yes. remember it, Certainly. to recall it. Yeah, as an adult. Sh- as an adult, to share in the joy of what that meant for the German people. Right. But at this point, even in 2004, it had been long enough that he could feel comfortable to use it as a sexual reference as well. Okay, like sure. That it was it had yeah. it was enough in the culture, something mm-hmm. that people could remember and relate to. Yeah, theoretically, but it was it had been long enough that it wasn't, and it wasn't a sad thing. It's not like yeah, referring to something of, awful, yeah, bombs or whatever, or genocide, or right? Something like exactly. That. It yeah. was something. Happy that happened, and it had been long enough. Okay, now we can mm-hmm. turn this kind of on its head, right? And give it a I think fun, interesting new meaning. That's a great interpretation of it. Um, he does bring you know the country of Germany into it in that opening line in my head or in some German town. So he sort of sets the scene in my head or in some German town around that historical event too. Right. Um, I think, you know, this song gets kind of back to the galaxy universe inspired lyrics a lot with the opening verse of universe of paradoxical design, reality, or merely in the mind. Yeah. I think it was really well written. Well, there's a universe both, out there and within your own yes. head. Yeah, of your own making. Yes. Second verse of with the lyrics. Galaxy of monumental delight or parallel hologram copyright. Like these are really interesting, maybe nonsensical, but, but super fun. Really fun to yeah. listen to lyrics. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think that's the song's supposed to be fun. 
I think it is too, and it and it is fun in, instrumentally also with um, drum solos by Michael Bland. You know, after every chorus, and incredible electric guitar oh, work throughout. I thought this the was frantic awesome. guitar at the end is amazing. Yeah, yeah, really, really cool. Yes. Yeah, and I thought it was fun. She gets down like the wall of Berlin. She knows how to party. Mm-hmm. She knows how to bring it down, knock it over right. before she's done partying at this. Yeah, And then we just met, or at least we pretend it's so fresh knocking down the wall yeah. of Berlin. I'm like, oh, that's our little like, role play to Yeah, it's almost like up. you can see him smirking a little bit when he <laughs> sings the song. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know what I'm talking about, and I know what I'm talking about, but I'm not saying it, and uh-huh. it's okay. Yeah. You know what it kind of reminded me of is in um, Modern Family, mm-hmm. Claire and Phil always have every season uh, they had well at least until we stopped watching yeah every season they would have a date where they pretended to be yes like somebody else they pretended to be strangers in the bar of a hotel somewhere right that's always found a way to screw it up too so (laughs) i don't think prince ever did that he never he never made the film mistake yeah but yes it does remind me of that just the the role play yeah it's Um, just like Having some fun, spicing mm-hmm. things up with your long-term partner. Yeah. Yeah. So. I thought this was a great song. Yeah, it was fun. Mm-hmm. It was- um, so it's one of the few songs that sort of fades out at the end on this album with the kind of keeping of the live band feel. It def- this definitely has a live feel to it. Um, then it kind of rolls into party noise, and you can hear um, band members in the background calling out Maceo Parker, uh-huh. give me a dollar. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's something that Prince has done on a number of albums with party noise being between between tracks, and this yeah. is one of the yeah. later incarnations of that. Yep. And it rolls into the song Money. Yes. Which I'm still trying to figure out how to tell our smart speaker to play for me. <laughs> play Money. No. Play Dollar Sign. I'm sorry, I can't find the song Dollar Sign in your library. <laughs> what do you do? You have to ask it to play Wall of Berlin yeah, and then skip. tell it to skip to the next that's song. exactly what I do. That's exactly <laughs> what I do. Sorry, that's annoying. Well, you can take it up with Prince in Heaven someday. Yeah, you know, the way you name some of your songs makes it really difficult for my convenience. Yeah, and he's going to be like, well, you're in heaven now, so forget it. So I forgot to mention um, earlier when we were talking about Colonized Mind, I wanted to point out that it was one of only two songs on this album sung in the second person, which I thought was neat, you know, being a little bit of a grammar nerd. So much of this album is in the first person, I, 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 where Colonized Mind, it was really direction to you in the second person. Right. And here we land uh, on the song Money, Uh and it is also sung in the second person there. Those are the only two songs on the album sung from that point of view, which means means nothing from a compilation standpoint or an album message standpoint. I just thought it was interesting that there were just two two songs on the album sung from that perspective. Very cool. Yeah. Yep. So if uh, Wall of Berlin was fun, I think we crank up the fun a little bit more on money. Yeah, somebody just like... Turn that dial to the max. Yeah, it's yeah. like, sorry, Wall of Berlin overbid on the prices right, and money came in and bid a dollar <laughs> and won the whole thing. <laughs> yep. Uh, it's Prince singing in his uh, Camille-like altered voice, which is yes. the first and only time it appears on this album, and um, it's the most up-tempo song on the album. You know, I was trying to think of 
how do you categorize the music on this album? It definitely has a rock feel, but it's not a... There aren't a lot of up-tempo songs. It's a lot of medium-tempo rock-inspired mm-hmm. yeah. music. Uh, this song is maybe the most R&B-flavored of the whole album, and a yep. lot more up-tempo and yep. danceable and fun, and it's about the party. And a whole lot of words. A whole lot of words. You know, you know me, I like a lot of words in my print song. You do. Well, he, do. Hold, he doesn't hold anything back no, here. He, he sings fast not. and fierce. Yes. I guess you could say this song is uh, about things being all good or it's all in hand, you know? Yeah. The, 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 this is the kind of play on words that we get here where he says, it's money. It's all money. It's all money. It's all good. Right. And easy come, easy gone. Like the good times come as quickly as they go, just yeah, like so cash should, does. Yeah. So, so you enjoy. enjoy it while it's here. Yeah. Um, yeah. He even puts down money in the song. Yeah. Um, which isn't the first time he's done that either with, you know, by saying. What difference does it make who got the most bank? It's just ink and chlorophyll. Money can't buy happiness. He's going to find a new way to tell you that. And he is. I think... The, I mean, how many other Prince songs can you name where the word chlorophyll is used? <laughs> That's what makes this That's whole album so kind of yeah. unique and um, trippy. Well, and he pulls out a little slang from the 80s, which was yeah. super fun yeah. with illist. Right. Yeah. The illist on the scene. Uh-huh. Yeah. This grill, you'll be the illist on the scene. Yeah. I thought that was great. Super fun. One of my favorite lines was, You're standing over there trying to be gangster, copping your favorite lean. <laughs> yeah, well, that's a great, great way is. to phrase it. Like, I can see yeah. Prince or someone uh-huh. know, like doing that. But they're trying to be gangster. The, yes. Everybody knows they are not. Right. But they're, but, doing, but they're doing it anyway, and it's just fun. Yes. People just appreciate it for the reference almost. Right. Like, oh, get over yourself. But yeah, right. that's pretty cool. Yeah. You look good. Yeah. You look good. Yeah. We all know that you're fronting, but right. yeah, it's okay for tonight to use some slang that I really can't pull off as a oh, no. white middle-aged person. <laughs> no, that's not for us. We can appreciate it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And I can sing it loudly in my car. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. think this is definitely a turn it up and learn uh-huh. the words and sing along kind yes. of track. Yes. For sure. Then we have Dreamer. Right, here we are, back to uh, social justice politics mm-hmm. Prince. Yep. Here. You know, this he played this live on, on Jay Leno. Which we'll get to. We'll get to that. I guess this is a song where, boy, we get into Prince conspiracy theories. Mm. Pretty deep into those. Yep. Although, yeah, I think you could say, is it? I don't know that I'm convinced that he's saying he believes these things, but he's open to the possibility that they might be true as right. he expands his mind and gets into these issues. He's exploring all the options. Yes, he, the lyrics are while the helicopters circle us, this theory's getting deep. And that's a reference to the, like the yes to the chemtrails and i thought that no matter what you think about chemtrails i thought it was interesting is that their people are asleep both literally right. and figuratively yes. like they're doing it at night but you're also not awake because i guess because the chemicals have kept well, you from being awake oh i thought you were going to like people being asleep like just going about their mundane lives yes that's and what i mean but woke well, yes, yeah. yes, okay. but they're also yeah, literally sleeping. They're literally sleeping, but they're also not woke. But is that their fault or is that the 
fault of the chemicals. Right. I thought he gave a little grace there yeah. with yeah, whatever yeah, yeah. man. Yeah. So this song was perhaps inspired by a gentleman of the name Dick Gregory. He okay. was a comedian, a social activist, a social critic, a writer, an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. He performed in segregated clubs until 1961, and he was the first black comedian to successfully cross over to a white audience. He did TV appearances and made comedy albums that were popular across races. Interesting. I had read that that was a possible inspiration. I did not look into him, you know, completely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that would make sense. Yeah. Um, you know, it's definitely, you know, we have a call to the end, uh, for the end of racism. You know, we have a Prince play on words where, you know, he says, 21st century, what a shame that race still matters. A race to what and where are we going? Uh-huh. Yeah. And then he says, we're all in the same boat, but I'm the only one Rowan. Right. I'm like... Way to have a martyr complex, Prince. We're all, all, many of us, trying to work for this kind of equality. Yes, but this <laughs> is from the perspective of, I don't know this necessarily from Prince's perspective or singing from the perspective of, of an oppressed person. Fair. I don't think Prince saw himself as a martyr in any way, especially by the time 2009 rolled around where he was an international superstar and could ask for a camel in Minnesota in January and get it. Well, that happened in the 80s, so... Mm, but you he know. could do it even more now. He, he could. could get two camels. <laughs> two I mean, camels. Double camels. Double camels. Four humps. Yeah, I'm sure he had plenty of those in January in Minnesota, too. I thought it was cool. You know, again, we have this... Here we are, life and times of today with dreamers and how we've labeled people who have come to this country and been given grace at one point. Um, and I know that's not what he's talking about now, but it does bring that to mind when I hear him say, It's even more relevant now than when it was recorded. Yeah. And I, I appreciated that a lot. He also mentions peanut butter logic. Peanut butter logic. Yeah. We've got peanut butter logic. He's sung about pretzel body logic. Later on, he's got a lot of... Uh, invested in peanuts and and pretzels but you know asking about um when you see your father crying have you ever clutched the steering wheel of your car too tight praying that police sirens just pass you by Mm -hmm. at night i thought that was a great way of saying police oppression is something that does happen majority of police are good men and women who serve their communities well but we still have a problem that we need to address yep Uh, i thought that was really well done. Yep, Prince speaking so, to us. Yeah, just calling for us so, all to wake up. Yeah, well, and as he so often does, he speaks to us from the past that things that were relevant then are even more so relevant now. Yep. Sadly. Well, he said it in but, his own concerts. If it was good, then it's still good. And then we have the final track on the album, dot, dot, dot. Back to the Lotus. So ellipsis, back to the Lotus. So we came from the Lotus, and now we've returned home. Right, here we are. We're going to snuggle up in our flower, Uh have a little snoozy poo. Yeah. I wondered if you went back to listen to the beginning of 3121, where you can hear 
Prince's voice saying from the Lotus Flower. I remember. I remember yeah. hearing it when we covered that album. I, I did not go back and specifically. Okay, to I it. did just to make sure I remembered it correctly. Just a, another neat thread that ties all this music together. That was pretty neat. It's like in the opening bars of Thirty One Twenty One when you can hear the same altered voice of Prince in this segue track saying from the Lotus Flower. Right. I had to look up the lyrics to this. I mean, they're kind of spoken lyrics, certainly not sung lyrics, although there's like an instrumental part to this song that's mm-hmm. a song, but there's also just guitar noodling and drum work, and it's kind of just a mental meltdown of conspiracy theories and uh, yeah. random thoughts. Yeah, it's a perplexing end to the album, and that's sort of fitting. It is very fitting. I, I thought mean, it, it was... definitely makes. I mean, if you talk about seventy-seven Beverly Park not fitting into this album, this closing track sort of sums it all up. <laughs> I mean, this is a summation of the weird journey that you just went on from a lotus flower somewhere in the South Pacific corner of my studio. Somewhere in the South Pacific corner of my studio. Just weird words put together yeah it seem yeah maybe inspired partly by crimson and clover by coming up with lotus flower as a concept it's a beautiful thing it opens and closes and that's what's happening here on this album yeah damn i just thought of that that's nice. pretty good yeah it's good for off the cuff yep all right here we are you call it a format i call it my rules i'm getting used to them so <laughs> go ahead so we choose three things. We choose a time capsule, something that exemplifies the time at which the album was recorded or when it was released. It's up to the host which they choose. Right. Then we choose a C, the low point. Yes, S-E-A. S-E-A. Mm-hmm. And then we choose a mountain, the high point for us. I am ready. I'm not even afraid. Okay. Well, good. I'm I'm glad. All right. I was going to choose Dreamer as my time capsule because that was oh. the song that was used mm-hmm. in the Target yep. commercial. You're but right. while we were sitting here recording, I changed my mind oh. to feel better, feel good, feel wonderful because it takes me back to when the kids were small and they danced a lot to this when they were little. Yeah. And also the beat that sounds like the phone vibrating on a table uh-huh. reminds me a, like that that phone. was not that that wasn't something that I yeah, associated wouldn't. that wasn't a something that I associated with that song until I revisited it this yeah Just this preparing time, for this preparing for this cool so right. that was my time capsule oh, very nice mm-hmm. um uh, my time capsule was Crimson and Clover. Oh, um, uh-huh. Even though it's a cover and a kind of a mashup between Crimson and Clover and uh, Wild Thing, I thought it really just defined the sound of this era of Prince music. The vocal effect and the guitar effect was a hallmark of the 3121 era of Prince's music. It was rare that he used a vocoder he did alter his voice in songs but it wasn't you know like an auto-tune kind of thing where in 3121 sort of the exception to that right. rule and uh because of its fame already crimson and clover just struck me as you know, that's kind of a hallmark of the sound and you know, right at the opening of this album and just kind of struck me as a time oh, capsule excellent 
a lot of '60s references in yeah. this in this uh, time too, even though it sounds very modern and fresh still. Right. Um, definitely some inspiration from the '60s as far as musical sounds and uh, social justice types of music, yep. um, and then conspiracy theories, <laughs> which kind of harkens back to that era too. Mm-hmm. So there's my time capsule. Okay, very cool. The C, the low point for me was Love Like Jazz because jazz music to start with is not my favorite. Right. And this kind of sounded a little more like the easy listening jazz that Mm -hmm. I would hear. We don't go to this particular church service anymore, but it used to always be the easy listening jazz on the radio when I got in the car to go to church on Sunday oh, mornings. Yeah. And I was always like, even at Christmas time, they'd have the easy listening Christmas jazz music. Ugh. Even that I couldn't even. Uh, oh. That even makes me not look forward to Christmas. <laughs> That's how bad it is. I, de- I just, I don't like Okay. Skip it, probably. Yeah. I would say of all the songs on this album, if you had to pick one that had a little bit of that special Prince curated cheese, that song is definitely the one that has that kind of flavor mm-hmm. or taste. And I normally like that kind of stuff, and I don't like this one. Yeah. I agree with you. Um, okay. That's not... It's not my choice for the C, but okay. it is the song after that. Okay. Um, 77 Beverly Park Oh, is my... really? You don't, you don't yeah. like to feel like you want to have some... Spaghetti with dogs? I'd be cool with that. I like spaghetti. I like dogs. Um, that's not the problem. I Like I said, I went back and revisited the this instrumental, and I do like it. And I, I really think about Prince recording all these different tracks of acoustic guitar work and working on it. And I think, you know, it shows great craftsmanship and um, musical writing but I just thought it sounded out of place for me. So there wasn't a song on the album that I don't like, but I think that this one is the one that sounds most oddly placed to me. So that's how it ended up deep down in the sea. All right. That's totally fair. All right. The mountain. Do you think we agree? I have no idea. Okay. Money. I think we don't agree. You got that look. (laughs) Because it's got all of the things that I like best about Prince songs, which is a whole lot of lyrics, really fun beat, it's nice and danceable, I want to sing along, it's funny. Yeah. All of my favorite Prince stuff is right here. I like it. Right. The circle is complete. Yeah. He put all the recipe in there that you that you wanted yes. to make. Yes. All of so. the things, all of my favorite things, he put them all in a bowl and stirred them up and... Yeah. I had a hard time choosing between money and the song that I did pick. Okay, and what did, ultimately, did you pick? ultimately, I thought that you would pick money, so I decided to pick this other song. Oh, okay. That was my tiebreaker. Uh-huh. Uh, my Mountain is Boom. I really? love the song. Really? I love the guitar, that little guitar part that I mentioned that I look forward to all the time. I think that as an opener, it's awesome, and it... It could have almost been a time capsule, too, because it does have the sound for this album is in that track. But I just, I can't think of a song on a Prince album that's similar to Boom. Uh-huh. Anywhere. So it wins by its uniqueness? By its uniqueness, scores for, high scores for creativity and songwriting, and again, pushing the envelope of being explicit without being explicitly explicit. (laughs) Okay. For all those reasons, 
Excellent. It made my mountain. Excellent. Very cool. Well, good. There's a lot to like on this album. There's a lot to be perplexed by, but in a usually in a good way. You know, I also would like to say in Boom, he does mention butterscotch mountains and sunshine, so it fits perfectly yeah. as a mountain. Yeah. I think it's plainly obvious. Sure. Butterscotch mountains, it's right there in the lyrics. It is. It is he practically song. picked it for me. <laughs> he practically did. <laughs> All right. So next time, we're going to do MPL Sound. Right, which I think he pronounced as Minneapolis Sound. Okay. I've heard it. MPL sound. I've heard people put extra S's in it. MPLS sound. Yeah. No, no. Um, that's not. That's definitely yeah. not this right. This is just, uh, you know, words shoved together in a very princely fashion. Yeah. So we've got. So uh, are we going to call it Minneapolis sound or are we going to call, call it MPL, MPL sound? sound? Well, I think we okay. call it MPL sound. Okay. Uh, we've got crazy jellyfish. We've got uh, cities and neon <laughs> guitars and lots to uh, look forward to on this second disc. And this one's of more R&B. More R&B. Get ready. Fun. Awesome. All right. Well, join us next time as we continue our deep dive into the third, the three disc album, Lotus Flower. Easy for you to say. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Thanks so much. We know that you have a choice when listening to podcasts. We don't just come on the radio. You've made a choice to listen to us. You've made a choice to listen to all the way to the end. So thank you so much. You are an amazing human being. You are. If you listened all the way to the end... Tweet at me. You should tweet at us. Tweet at me, and I will give you a shout out on the next pod. So if you've listened all the way to the end, more than an hour in, and you tweet at me and say, hey, give me a shout out because I listened all the way to the end, I will do it. Yeah, don't be shy because we listen to these albums in isolation. So the only time this podcast has anything to do with people coming together is the last hour and whatever it's been. So you can change that. Let us know you're out there. All right. Thank you so much. We'll see you soon.